0: Hello, so I feel um, pretty um, raw, this practice can do this to a person. Um, I think also because I'm about to present a few ideas, so that might also play in there. Not that I'm nervous about uh, presenting, it's, um, maybe it's just that I, I know this this is an encounter, you know, like I'm opening up to us, to, to you guys and discovering, I don't know what's gonna happen, we never know what's gonna happen in life. And so now I'm sitting here with you guys, this is us together, and I'm the only one with a microphone. And we'll see what happens <laughs> with that. Uh, for, um, first time I went on a retreat, I was in your age uh, range, and uh, I was actually. Um, I had been traveling in Asia for a couple of months with my boyfriend at the time. Um, And we had been traveling for, yeah, it was a good two months in the travel of uh, India and Nepal. and Then we were in Thailand at that point and we were spending uh, 24 hours a day together, seven days a week. And I had developed this kind of little fantasy that I could have a break from my boyfriend (laughs) for a few days. (laughs) So in the last few weeks before entering the retreat, we didn't know a retreat was coming, we were just traveling. And uh, sometimes I would just try my luck, you know, and say like, hey, what about you go to the next place we're going, and I'll meet you in a couple of days, and you show me around, you know, and... And he was like, no, we came together, we're staying together. (laughs) I was like, okay. And just parenthesis is this is somebody adorable that I spent many years with traveling and living in the car and living with the backpack and going in all kinds of adventures with this uh, this amazing guy, which I'm still in touch with uh, these days. Um, but anyway, that was the situation at that point, and we were with the backpack in the south of Thailand, and. Uh, we meet some travelers. I think it was an American young woman. And she said, oh, there's a monastery just there, up there, you know, and you can go and uh, it's free and uh, food is good and you learn about, they'll teach you about meditation. And in my mind, I thought, this is it. And they, as she said, it's a silent meditation. That's when I thought, this is it. We're all gonna get what we want he's going to be with me, and I'm going to be alone. <laughs> so I said, hey, would you like to go on a meditation retreat? It's kind of a cultural thing to do, you know, you're traveling in Asia, Buddhism, you know. And uh, he said, uh, yeah, free food, let's go. <laughs> and uh, so we went in, and we had an amazing time. It was, uh, it was for both of us. It was life-transforming, and... Um, and for me, it was uh, very, very touching the, the teaching and the practice itself was very intriguing. I had never done I was not sophisticated, but like m- maybe many of you are. You know I didn't know about meditation, and suddenly somebody was saying like, "Oh, you can be uh, free and awake, and all you have to do is put your attention on your nose." And I was like, "Oh, wow, amazing that somebody would find a way to freedom." on that path of, you know, watching the nose, you know, (laughs) like, okay, I can try that, put my attention on my nose, you know, and uh, so the technique was, uh, and the the teachings that were presenting was, were very uh, touching to me, and one uh, particular teaching uh, touched me deeply, Um, and I won't get into it too much tonight, but just, just in a way of, I I just want to share what Touch me in this Dharma. And um, so one night there was one of the teachers, maybe Ajahn Po, who was uh, talking about the Four Noble Truths. And he was just presenting the first Noble Truth. And he said, In this truth, uh, we say there is, there is uh, suffering, there is insatisfaction. We're, and this is the particular piece that touched me. He said, we're often separated from what we want, and we're often caught with what we don't want. This is a lot of our experience of life. It happens a lot, this. And it really touched me, this, just this kind of plain, factual stating that we're often separated from what we want. Just when I say it, you see, the rawness comes Is this your experience too, or am I the only one? Are you often separated from what you want? Just, sometimes just a little separated, you know, like it's almost perfect if, if, only if there was a little bit more of this, or a little bit less of that, or not that aspect. The other aspects, yes, but that bit, you know, just this little thing, you know doesn't fit you know the rest is fine or they're fine they're great except that you know the parent the friend the, you know this, this and so I'm often a little separated from what I want and sometimes it's not a little it's a lot you might have this experience too now or in the past you know everything went wrong you know and so the stating of this to me was mm, somewhat calming oh what I was hearing in that, it, that's the nature of reality. The nature of reality is we're often separated from what... We're, it was removing from me a layer of kind of guilt or confusion. Like, I tend to think it's my fault. You know, everything was going right. Life is supposed to flow. But then I said that, or I did that, or I didn't do that, and then everything fell apart. It's, it's my fault, you know. Or it's somebody else's fault if you hadn't done that, then everything would be good, everything would be fine. And life is supposed to be fine, you know. And in that I was hearing, no, it's the nature of reality is not exactly to fit what you want or what would feel comfortable or easeful. It's not like, it doesn't work like that. It was particularly touching for me because what I'm not saying and I'm saying now maybe is, a year and a half before that, I'd gone I was 25 years old and I'd gone to the doctor and the doctor had said oh you have a life-threatening disease you're about to die that's that's what I had heard and that didn't fit my idea of life you know I really th- unconsciously thought that I was eternal eternally young you know I really had that I mean I would not have said that in a conversation But that's kind of the hidden belief I had. And then somebody was telling me, oh no, you're actually, you have an ending point and it's not too long and things are probably going to get pretty ugly before the end. And so when I was sitting there and that the Ajahn Po was saying, we're often separated from what we want. I was uh, hearing some kind of a universal statement, not just for me. It took that particular form for me, but that was a human experience. And suddenly, my kind of um, very personal problem, I was not having the health I wanted to have. and that, at that time, it was not so pl- playing out so much. I was not feeling it. I was aware of it. You know, there was lab statements saying that things were really bad. But the experience of it was not felt. You know, I was not uh, sick. But, um, but suddenly I was going from that lo- loads of confusion and resentment and about life to... That was the opening of the door, we could say, of uh, acceptance. Oh, This happens to all beings that we are often separated from what we want. It takes all different forms. And I'm sure tonight if we pass the microphone around and just say like, hey, what do you have to say about we are often separated from what you want? I'm sure we would all have something to say. Well, it's the cushion. Well, it's the length of the meditation. Well, it's the person next to me (laughs) or the person that should be next to me. Or, well, it's... In the family, in the studies, in the choice, in the environment I live, the world I have been given by uh, you guys—you know, this messed-up world—I'm pretty separated from what I want, you know. Or a breakup in a relationship, or the loss of somebody dear, or, or even just the state of mind—I would like. I would like to be like everybody else seems to be, you know, in a body of light, you know, (laughs) spacious mind, open heart, you know, while I'm here, like, am I going to make it through the last two minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. My bed is all crooked, you know, and my mind is crooked and my heart is crooked and I'm sitting here with confusion and resentment and, Doubt, what am I doing here? I should be somewhere else. This, That should have been the last place on the list. Why did I make it first? <laughs> I, I'm not sure what I was thinking when I signed up. You know, I'm separated from what I want. I want ease and I don't have that. I mean, not that it's the experience all the time, but, yes, here and there during the day, did you feel something like that? So what I like about this practice is, to me, it's, uh, although I get very personal, I really get to feel what it is to be Pascal, you know, because I sit in silence with, like I don't uh, divert the attention, some kind of entertainment or get lost. You know, I sit here and I'm really in the middle of Pascal. You know, all the different patterns of the heart and mind, you know, are very much exposed. So although I get very personal about what happens, I also i am entering into um, discovering what it is to be a human being what it is to be uh, somebody with senses a sensitive being what a strange thing what 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 um, what a predicament to be in you find yourself and you might have this experience like me like i don't feel like I felt like I wanted to be born. Like I I don't have a recollection of making a decision somewhere like I'll be born, you know. And my sense is more like I found myself in the middle of this, you know. And I find myself in the middle of senses, you know. And when you have senses, it means you have doors that are open, you know. The hear is hearing. You would like quiet, but somebody's, you know, puttering around the next sit or the next room or, you know, and you cannot control this, you know, you have ears, they're open, you have eyes, they see things, you would like quiet, but you see things you want, and you see things you don't want to see, you know, and like you're exposed, it's open, some, you know, and you have sensations in the body, you don't control that, we're finding out we don't control that, we try to control it, we try to help it, but, Sensations appear. Some are pleasant, great. Some are unpleasant, or really unpleasant. This is being a sensitive being. That's not just you. It's, it's universal. And so when we come on retreat, my understanding of what we do is that we sit in the middle of humanness and we discover what it is the nature of obsession. If there was only five senses, maybe that, that wouldn't, wouldn't be so bad. Smell, taste, sight. But there's a sense in, in Buddhism, we have a sixth sense called the mind. And that encounters uh, emotions, states of mind, thinking. So are you also having a sixth sense as you sit here? And so it's exposed in this way also. Oh. God, you're sitting here and, you know, you just want to be with the breath and the belly. Can we do something simple like that? No, there's an opinion about it. (laughs) This attention to the belly or this breath is not the best breath, you know. The breath should be more like this or more clear or more, you know, my breath is all controlled and stuck and other breath, and the mind starts comparing breaths, you know, it doesn't feel the other breaths, but it still has an opinion. I'm sure they, I just look at them, they breathe great, (laughs) you know, or whatever we think, you know, but the mind is doing things, or it gets stuck in the past. I said that, and they said that, and then that's what I said, and if I had said that, they would have said that, and I, is it really what I said? I really said that, and they said that. And then I said that. If I had said next time they say that, I'll say that, you know. And then it just started again. It was like, can you, can you please stop? <laughs> just one of you with the belly. But no, no, they really said that. You know? <laughs> and so we're discovering our humanness as we sit here. This is what we're doing. We're discovering human nature. Nature. The nature of mind, the nature of heart, the nature of body. So I have a friend who has a, a very dear teacher that they spend a lot of time with. And uh, I was having a conversation with this friend, maybe last year or a couple of years ago. His friend said, oh, my teacher always, when he starts retreat, he always says these three things, that's what he says. And I really, really got it. And one little thing I can say about this practice, and you might have discovered this for yourself if you've practiced for a while, but you, we tend to practice this and, and always kind of discover what, what it is, this practice. Like I've been practicing for almost 20 years now, and I'm often like, oh, oh, this is what we're doing. Like there's a, so when this friend told me like these three things, I was like, oh, that's so simple. This, this is what we're doing. This is what I've been doing for 15 years. Or, you know, I could do. You know, i will try that. So I'll, I'll bring, the, just because they come to mind, and I think it could be useful for you. So this teacher says, before you do meditation, before you do anything, I want you to understand, like have a right understanding of what you're, you're doing. So... What you're doing is you're not fixing yourself. You're not improving yourself. If that's what you have in mind, that's not the exact right understanding of what's happening. What we're doing here is we're discovering nature. This is what I've been talking about in the last few minutes. So the right understanding, the wise view about the practice is that I come here to discover the nature of human being, the nature of a mind. the And the specific way that I think about it is discover the patterns of the mind, how minds create trouble, suffering for itself, and how also it has the capacity to create ease and well-being and freedom. And so we become attentive just to reveal to make conscious these patterns, so we get to see this like uh, kind of like if you go to the theater in your first row it's it 's more than that you 're not just in the first row, you're like kind of on stage. you know when you discover the pattern, it 's not like you hear somebody talk to you about the patterns of mind you're you're more like soaking in it that 's what we call insight practice. It's an intuitive, it's a direct experience of it. You don't hear about obsession. You soak in it. Do you know what I mean? So you're sitting here, okay, we're sitting for 45 minutes. Can you just be with sound and feeling in hands and you're like, yeah, but I really have, when I go back to talk to this person or get this done and you keep thinking about it, you get to experience firsthand obsession. And you get to experience first-hand also ease, if there is ease, and connection. As you sit here, suddenly you, I don't know what can happen, just feel the body in a very simple way. You know, that's how it feels to be sitting. It's that particular experience. And the mind is not wanting another experience, not wanting to get rid of anything, although it's maybe not perfect, you know, that's a little... little, here or here, you know. But you're quietly in the middle of that. Or you hear some bird chirping. And there's not, um, you know, like, Oh, birds, I always loved birds. And, you know, then there's not just, I hate birds. There's just like chirping happening, you know. And then so you get to discover the quality of mind of, uh, how could we call that, I don't know, Spaciousness, or ease, or calm, some kind of calm, connection, some kind of intimacy with life, you know, proximity. Do you have this word in English? Proximity, yeah. So closeness, and it's very simple, and as we do this practice, that's what gets revealed. It just becomes very clear, we don't have to think about it, it becomes really clear that obsessing about this is painful. And that, uh, in the moment of just simple connection with reality, it's actually liberating. That's the, w- the way I think about it, I use these words. Like, oh, or kindness. Let's say I've been gone in thoughts for a little while, and then I'm like, oh my God, I've been totally gone in fantasy. And, and if there is this coming back to reality like, come on, breath, <laughs> go, you know? losing your time, you know? And with this practice suddenly it becomes clear that this is, oh, this is violent, this is harsh, not helpful. Yeah? And so at some point you get lost in the same way, and then you're like, oh, I was lost. Hey, what is it like love to be here? Then you might experience directly, have an insight. Experience directly, wow, This is a good way to be, a friendly mind. It's not, it's not, uh, it's for my benefit and for the benefit of others. It's not, uh, it's good. It's a good thing. It's a wholesome thing when the mind is friendly, accepting. Yeah. So we start to see this as we sit, the attitude of mind. So, and this is nothing personal. In anybody, harshness is harsh. In anybody, kindness is kind. In anybody, spaciousness of mind, ease of mind, acceptance is good, wholesome, helpful, liberating. So in this way, we're studying the nature of reality. It's not me and my resistance and me and my calm. My calm. I am calm. No, calm is public domain. When it's there, it's good for you, for you, for you, yeah? For me. Are you following me some? Yeah. So we're studying the nature of uh, reality. So the teacher says, understand this, you're studying human nature. One way that I think about this sometimes is as I'm sitting, I'm like, it's almost as if I'm traveling and I'm visiting different uh, national park. Sometimes I'm sitting here, I'm in the national park of uh, simplicity. It's very simple, just sitting, the sound in the room, they're heard. There's a belly rising and falling, I feel it some of the times. There's just something very simple, national park of simplicity, you could say. Sometimes I'm sitting here and there's some kind of anxiety, some kind of feeling that I'm the wrong person, or at the wrong place, or inadequate in some way, or uncertain about what's coming, or kind of a relationship with the world that has fear in it, As oh, I'm in the national park of fear, or anxiety. And my practice is to discover this, that nature, the nature of anxiety. Oh, it's unpleasant, it's unsettled. It's uh, shaky. So, the nature of thing, And then the two other things, the two other advice or points that the teacher make. I'm making them as I'm talking. The, the other point is, so know, understand well what you're doing, then know what you have to do, the task. The task is just to be aware, to be conscious of what's happening. You don't have to, fix it, change it, improve it. You don't have to do anything, you just have to know it exactly as it is. It's extremely simple, not easy to do. So when I was saying, you know, there's uh, simplicity or calm, the job of the meditator, in a way, is just to know that. Oh, calm, or rising and falling in this way, or a breath that... Uh, seems a little um, stuck or some, some something like this, like I'm sitting and... You know, like... <laughs> it's like, oh, I discovered that kind of breath that is a little tight, I don't know how to describe it. I discovered this. Or if there is uh, this anxiety I was talking about, then the job is not to get rid of anxiety, I have to stop the anxiety, you know. It's just like, what is anxiety? What is... Uh, being unsettled feel like or agitated just that just sit there and feel that oh so the task just to know and the third thing the attitude so the first thing is the the kind of view of the job nature of reality or the nature of a uh, the human nature I'm studying, I just want to know it. And the attitude is friendly. I want to foster or cultivate as much friendliness as possible. Maybe that touches on the relaxation aspect of the practice. So I want to do this in a friendly way. I don't know if you, s- if you, um, can appreciate this, but for me, this that we're talking about, it might seem like nothing, like okay, that's kind of boring stuff. To me, this is the revolution of the mind heart that we're talking about. To know what is actually happening, mindfulness, is a com- to me it's a complete revolution. Because in the other life that I used to live, and that I still live a lot of the time, <laughs> there's, no, there's no knowing what's happening. I'm stuck in it. I'm in the trance. So I'm, I'm in my thoughts about the world, and I'm caught in it. I don't even know that there is anxiety. I'm just, I have to change my life. I have to do something else. This afternoon I have to do something else and sit walk. I, I have to, you know, I'm, I'm in there. And the mindfulness is to become aware of what's happening. What's happening here? How? Oh. This is the event. The event is fear is speaking and acting out. Agitation is here. or calm is here. I I just become aware of this. If I become aware of this in a friendly way, that is extremely powerful. Because let's say the inner talk, you know, you stupid, come on, hurry up. You know, if you talk to yourself harshly like this, and you're not bringing awareness to it, then you're actually cultivating this. We're always cultivating something. And so it's good to be aware of what we're cultivating right now. Yeah. So if I become aware, I'll see how this mind is talking to itself. and Maybe I can start to release this. That's what's going to happen when i see the harshness of the la- inner language some maybe some compassion will be born like wow this is harsh yeah one thing that i like that is happening on this process here is that we're getting out of the I, again i don 't know if it's like this for you, but for me there's this this amazing tendency to kind of get fascinated with uh, me self I can sit here for hours thinking about me like i should be otherwise i should be if I was a little bit more like this you know it would be so much better if i could i could get this if I get that that would be really good and if i if I could be like this, it would be really good. And, you know, and I, I, well, I next, like next week after the retreat, I will do this, and and because before I did that, that was not so great. And I, I, do you have an experience like this? I could spend hours doing this. Com- I'm completely fascinated by Pascal. Okay. <laughs> it's a strange thing, <laughs> but a little bit less now a little bit less because I can see what I'm discovering is that I'm uh, living in a, um, I like to use this image of um, either an, uh, when you go to Times Square you see there's one place where they, they, there's a band thing that keeps going and it shows you like something about money and market you know do you know what I'm talking about or when you wet, watch like CNN maybe there's a, a thing or there used to be at some point a thing that went down and kept repeating the same things, you know, and it just keeps, and I, sometimes I feel like my life is, is like this, you know, it's in this little, I'm thinking about my life, my life is like this, my life, is like, if, if my life was like that, and, and, the, and it's, it's this little bandwidth, can I call it like that, and it keeps going like this, and this is my life, it's about that thick and long like that, you know, and, and it just goes, this is my life, this is what I call like life, there's this little obsession, fascination here. It's very fic- fictitious. It's a fiction. Like, I'm telling a story. It's not actually happening. You know, my, my parents are not saying this, but when my parents used to say this, this is what I got, and this is how I feel now because my parents were saying this. And, and if, you know, it's and, and so this little thing. It's a story. I'm, I keep repeating the story of Pascal and, and Pascal, or Pascal and his people. You know, Pascal and... Uh, uh, you know, but me or us, you know, we, we will do this, we, will, we did that, you know, and, and it's this thing. And with meditation, what it helps me to do is to actually get out of that obsession and just suddenly meet reality. Meet reality, like feel, feel what is it, it is like to be here, to have a body, to have a heart, yeah. I think that might be one of the main reasons I do this practice, is to get out of my ideas about things. I f- I, I'm sure I'm in life, but I'm actually one step aside from life. I'm in a different field. It's a field of a, it's a mind construction, generations of mind, ideas about life. It's not life. And in meditation, I want to start to um, stop telling life what it is, and start receiving it a little bit more. And life seems to have on its own kind of pace to talk, you know. The, the, it's a little bit more slow than the ideas that I can produce really quickly, you know. Actually, to hear silence, really hear silence, and to feel the breath, I really need to slow down a bit. So what is required is this extra ordinary attention. Not the ordinary attention that I, you know, uh, one second I'm here thinking about this, next second I'm there, like my attention is very superficial, you know. Like the um, image I used today, if you were there, when I said like the mind is compared to the, the, the little um, fish that is outside of the water by the, the river, you know, plink, plink. Our attention is usually like this, you know, like, oh, I like meditating. I really like it. Med- it's good. It feels good, you know. I should meditate more. I'll meditate more. Next week, I'll start a meditation group with my friends. Yeah, I'll talk to them about this. And... Uh, you know, what's, what's on my butt? It's hurting. Like, I should fix it. You know, and, and like, I'm a little bit here and a little bit there. And, uh, and now we l- learn to uh, pay this extra attention. This just a little bit more attentive. Like, I um, allow for a more of a sinking in, you know, really getting to know uh, uh, what's happening Wondering how to continue here, a bit. Let's take a moment just to feel what it is like to be here now. You see this uh, ordinary attention that we have, it just kind of... um, to say that? It takes things for granted. It's like, oh yeah, we're sitting here, we know what's what it is like to sit here, s- sat here all day, you know, it's kind of boring, nothing happening. But the uh, extraordinary attention um, can uh, realize, maybe, or uh, understand, or discover that uh, Actually, what's happening here, like just this regular old little sitting together like this, is actually very unique. It's, it never happened before. You being in your body, now, has never happened before. You know, you being conscious, having consciousness, knowing what's happening, this knowing quality, this particular one now, or no, no, this one now, or this experience now that is always gone and replaced by a new one is pretty amazing. But we miss it with the ordinary attention. We're just like, I'm here, entertain me, give me something to, you know. While this time there's life here, it's very strange, isn't it? Somewhat strange that we're Here and there is life happening. And it's gone, and now there's another moment. I had a teacher who used to say that, we've never been here now before. And he repeated this for years and years. And I think partly also that's what got me so much in this practice. I'm intrigued by this. We've never been here now before. It's a completely new experience. But with the ordinary mind, we're like, yeah, so what? You know? But this is an amazing thing happening right now. And it's, it's never going to happen again. It's dissolving all the time. It's escaping. You're trying to catch the present moment. Try to catch the present moment. It's not possible. Because it's always gone. There's always another new moment happening. We don't... Uh, it's hard to, to see this. We have to be extra attentive to see this. Hmm. So this attention that we're developing, it remembers, we could say, two things. It remembers itself. At some point I'm sitting here thinking about something and then, oh, I wanted to be mindful, I wanted to have a meditative attention. It just remembers itself. Or it remembers the present moment. Oh, I have my ideas about stuff, but what's actually here now? Yeah, it Remembers this. In the wake of this attention, it says that there's many beautiful qualities that can be developed, and you might be interested in that. In the wake and the, of this, when we become attentive, suddenly, uh, um, things that were not apparent becomes apparent, you know, uh, things start to stand out. Uh, I remember many years ago, uh, I was cooking uh, on a retreat, and uh, at the end of the retreat there's one uh, woman who came to see me and she she was saying pascal you have to tell me what you what's in the porridge the porridge is so good what's the secret ingredient in there and i was really basically putting the regular porridge with water and a little salt you know but it really came obvious to me, it was like, oh, but the special ingredient is your attention. Because you're there when you're eating, you're not just eating, thinking about something before or after, or generally eating, you know, you're actually, were you slowing down as you were? Yeah. Oh, so that's the special ingredient. There's a connection with life. I feel like that's what we want from life, you know, we want to be connected. That's why we want to go, I don't know, travel or fall in love or whatever you do, because you want to feel connected. This being attentive is the key there. A little, another porridge story here. On a teen retreat, I think, uh, there was one young uh, man who came to see me and said, uh, what's with the porridge, man? This is so bland, this is so boring. You know like it doesn't have any texture it's it's like can, can you guys make toasts or something you know like why why force on that porridge like what's the th- what about what about that you know and i said well you know you could uh, i'm a meditation instructor you know that's my job so i said <laughs> well you know you could bring attention to uh, to the porridge the experience of porridge you know we're by the way, we're often separated from what we want. <laughs> you know, here's an experience of separa- separation from what you want. I said you could bring attention to that experience. You know, and like, uh, uh, what what is the experience of boredom or blandness? Or you know, like, there's a richness in this experience. Like in any moment, there is a lot of richness, but we we prefer another richness of some other sort. You know, and he was like. Oh, okay, whatever, you know. And he left. <laughs> and at the end of the retreat, he came to see me, and he's like, "Wow, man, I eat all my porridge now. It's fascinating. It's still as bland and as still, but it's really fascinating. I, I like. You really got me hooked into the porridge thing, you know. Like, <laughs> I still, I still don't like it, but it's, it's true. There's a lot happening, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that's. Do you see the? That's the. When we talk about freedom. That's the kind of freedom we, we can gain with the meditative presence, is that you suddenly your happiness doesn't depend on having or not having what you want. Your happiness is about being connected with what's happening. And so for me, I, I, my, I'm still alive and things are good, but I still carry this thing with me, this virus, and uh, it's still somewhat, maybe less, but life-threatening. It's still complex. There's side effects with it. I have to take drugs all the time. It makes relationships complex. And, you know, and all kinds of, there's a taboo around that. You say I'm not even naming it. You probably have your idea about what's going on for Pascal. But, so the life, it, 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 my, my idea of happiness would certainly be without that Thing, you know, and I'm very surprised to discover that actually that thing is still there but the quality of the mind of acceptance, interest in that life, like that with that crooked part the engagement with that life this is to me the meditative awareness, is to be oh so what is it like to be like this, what is it like to be separated from what I want, what is it like to feel this side effect What is it like to have this identity of being this person with this disease? Oh, it's not the identity I would choose if you give me a catalog. I'd choose a different identity, you know. But here's the one I have now to be with. How's that? How can I do this gracefully in the middle of that? So when we come on retreat like this, we learn to do this with maybe the neighbor that breathes too loudly for me, you know? How can I be in the middle of that reality in a graceful and balanced way? Allow that reality to be like this. The reality of the body that doesn't feel perfect, yeah? The reality of being a sensitive human being, the reality of having an inner life that I don't get to choose all the time. I would like to be quiet and calm and open and relaxed and loving and I'm obsessed, turmoiled, uh, uh reactive, I want to be somewhere else I'm not sure what I'm doing here and I would like to have a clear mind and I'm, I just have a doubtful mind you can't do this, nobody can do this everybody else can do this except you You know. how can I be in the middle of that mind that I didn't choose in the accepting way, in a non-reactive way, in a non-fearful way. This is what we're discovering here. I would like the bell to ring, but it's not ringing. I'm separated a little bit from what I want. Ring the darn bell, (laughs) and it's not happening. How can I learn to be in the middle of that, in a relaxed way? This is freedom we're talking about. So I can go for what I want in life, But when I don't have control, I can have uh, wisdom, acceptance, compassion, ease, anyway. That's a practice for a lifetime, maybe. Okay, so maybe that's uh, enough words for uh, this evening. So I hope there was in there a little something uh, helpful, hopefully. So what's happening now is that there is, um, there will be a walking meditation now. And there will be a, a last sitting at nine o'clock tonight. And we, maybe we'll make it a little bit shorter than uh, half an hour. But it's good to come together as a, as a community for the end of the night. And maybe we'll do a little something special, huh? a little chanting or something to bring the voices together. Yeah. And so, um, uh, we made it almost to the first day of the retreat it's not an, it's not an easy thing to do it's really not an easy thing to do and sometimes we can get a little lost like why why again do this you know so it might require from you some kind of act of faith some kind of like okay let me try it anyway you know maybe i won't do this ever again and maybe i'll do it more you know but uh, maybe I can just tell you that for me it really uh, it really uh, make a big difference. There's an experience of uh, ease of some kind of freedom that I didn't have access to before, and it doesn't mean that uh, everything is going my way. Most of the time is actually not neither outside nor inside exactly, but there's a, there's a freedom that is possible that we really want you to touch, discover, and cultivate. And there's a path, this is the amazing thing, there is a, there is a way to do this. The first thing is to be attentive to what's happening now and see what we'll discover in there. Okay, let's just sit for a couple of seconds in silence. See if it's possible to just connect with uh, something happening now, not an idea about something, but something at the sense door. Even if it's not much, just that, can that be plenty for just a moment? Or can that be okay for just a moment? Can reality be just as it is right now? The reality of the body sitting, and aching, or at ease. The reality of sound and silences being exactly like that. In your state of mind-heart, see how it is right now. Is it tired? Or Somewhat curious, interested, or discouraged, or calm. And can that be allowed just as it is?